Thank you, Mark. Um, so, God has already been speaking this morning, and um, it's interesting because me and Mark didn't kind of get together and have a chat about kind of what, what we wanted to do this morning, but God has clearly wants to talk about dealing with sin in our lives. Um, so, we've already been singing about Jesus washing us clean, and um, I'm just going to bring out another aspect of that. Um, and it's actually about the way that our lives and our hearts are like a garden. Uh, and we need God, who is the master gardener, to come and deal with our hearts and to deal with the sin that lives within us. Um, so, just to begin, uh, I just thought I'd do a little straw poll. Um, who here has a garden? Yeah, I think that's most people. We're quite, we're living quite a nice area, uh, quite a green area. Um, but so the the next thing is who actually enjoys looking after their garden? Oh, yeah, we've got one or two people. I, was, I think in my experience, I think some people are kind of quite avid gardeners. They sort of love getting there, getting outside, and and. Uh, doing things. Other people absolutely hate it. Um, they can't stand it. Um, and I think most of us are probably just somewhere in the middle. Um, so uh, this is my garden here. Um, sorry it's a bit small. Um, I hope you can sort of just about see it. Um, well, actually, this, this was my garden before I moved in. Uh, so I don't know if you can see um, but it's a bit overgrown. There's kind of a, it's a bit kind of uh, rough. There's a few weeds growing, um, and I suppose what what I want to speak about this morning is that there's uh, many par um, parallels between the way that we need to look after our gardens um, with the way that we need to look after our life in God. Okay, um, pointer doesn't seem to be going. Um, so I'll just keep on talking, I think. Um, so the thing is, before we know Christ, before we become Christians, our lives and our hearts are a bit of a mess. Um, so as you can see, it's all a bit overgrown um, and it's a bit wild. Um, but when we ask God into our life, he comes and he cleans us up. Um, one of my biggest memories, actually, about when I moved into my house is that uh, for my, it was quite close to my birthday, so I thought rather than having a birthday party, I would just get all my friends over and um, give them a paintbrush um, and ask them to do lots of jobs. Uh, and one of, that, one of those jobs was to uh, attack the garden and uh, get it back under control. And I know Jeff um, probably remembers sort of coming over and helping Jeff and Anna and uh, Tony, who's now my housemate. And they did a really good job uh, of cleaning up my garden and, and making it all nice and getting it mowed and uh, sort of actually a, a good place to be. Uh, but the thing is, no matter how good a job they did, no matter how nice it looked afterwards, uh, I couldn't stop the grass growing. Uh, it's a byproduct of life. Because there's sunshine, because there's rain, because 
of the way that God has created it, uh, the garden is alive and it keeps on growing and it's not, it's not enough just to do the garden once. Uh, it needs regular maintenance. Uh, a, a garden left untended will soon grow back into a wild mess. Uh, I suppose the, the only alternative would be to completely rip up the garden and put concrete over it or something. But then you, you, you miss out on the joy. You miss out on the pleasure of having a nice green space. You miss out on, on the joy. Um, and it's the same with our hearts. We, when we let God in, he, he does an amazing work within our lives. Uh, and he, he comes and cleans us up. But if we don't stay in regular communion with him, if we don't stay in regular uh, relationship with God, then our hearts get wild. They, they go back into a bit of a mess. Um, so I just want to um, look at a passage uh, with you this morning. It's in Romans 7. Uh, so we're going to read together. So I'll just give you a moment to, to find it. So starting, uh, so Romans 7, verse 14, uh, all the way through to 8, uh, chapter 8, verse 4. It says, So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for what I want to do, for I, wa- I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what, is, do what I hate. But if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I'm not the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing it. It is the sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle in life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin, and that slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, 
God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the, that the just requirements of the law would be fully satisfied for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. So I know that's a bit of a tongue twister, that passage. Um, but I thought I'd just draw out a few of the key verses. Uh, so I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I, if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I don't know if you've ever felt like that, um, where kind of you know, you know deep down really what you should be doing. You know deep down really what the right thing is, but there's just something within you. There's just, uh, just for some reason, you just can't force yourself to do what the right thing is, and you inevitably end up doing uh, what you don't want to do, and you end up just feeling really guilty about it. You just sort of sit there and think, oh, I'm just so, I'm, I'm just such a sinner. I can't, why can't I get on top of this? Why, why is my life always going this way? Uh, and the answer is because we have sin living in us. Uh, it's a byproduct of the way we are born, in that we, are, we have a sinful nature that, and a power that is working against the work of God in our life. Uh, and it's, it's that nature, really, that is contrary to what God wants to do. Um, but we don't need to lose hope, um, because the answer is that Jesus Christ has done it for us. So it says, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God, the answer is Jesus Christ. God sent his own son in a body like the, the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving us his son as a sacrifice for our sins. And that is the, that is the fundamental message of the gospel, is that without God, none of us are good enough. We all have fallen short. We have all done things that we're not proud of. We all, we, we almost, we, none of us can help but sin. It's just part of our DNA. But because of what Jesus did, he came and lived in a body like ours with that nature, that inclination that always wants to do wrong. Uh, and he lived in a way that pleased God and he gave himself and he took the punishment for us by giving himself as a sacrifice. Uh, and by doing so, he broke that power. He broke that, that sinful nature that lives within us. He gave us the power to live in a different way. Um, but as Mark was sharing this morning, uh, kind of no matter really how great our experience of God has been and how kind of such an amazing work he's done within us, we all still face a battle with sin. Um, and I think it's really interesting to remember who was writing the book uh, of Romans. 
Uh, it was the Apostle Paul. Now, he was a, a great man of God. Uh, you can read about him in, in Acts. And uh, he had an amazing conversion experience. He uh, was very anti-God and anti-Christian. Uh, and God turned his life around. Um, but he still faced a battle with sin. Uh, he still needed regular cultivation in his life. He, it wasn't like God met him once and that was it. He was perfect. It was God met him once, changed him, but then he had to still work through a lot of the issues. A lot of the, the, the DNA that's within us causes us to, to, to sin. And uh, it's a regular battle, to, a regular war between what God wants us to do and what our kind of sinful natures kind of revert back to. Um, and what the, the real thing that God just kind of put in my mind when I was preparing is that dealing with sin is a bit like dealing with weeds in our gardens. Uh, and... So I just thought I would just uh, go into a bit more detail and just uh, try and draw out some of the lessons of life that we can observe by gardening and just using a really simple illustration to show how we can live lives, uh, lives that please God. Um, and I suppose, so I suppose the first thing is that repenting of sin and getting right uh, is like the need to mow your lawn. Uh, so as I was saying, if you just mow your lawn once and then don't do anything for a year, uh, the grass will be just as long, probably more longer than it was before. Um, and so we need to keep coming back to God. We need to keep repenting. We need to keep sort of dealing with those little things uh, little sins that, that pop up um, and have uh, can cause difficulty in our lives. Uh, so that's really the starting point, is repenting. So it says in 1 John uh, chapter 1, verses 8 to 10, uh, I'll just turn to it, but I've put um, the main bit there. Um, so it says, If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we, have, if we claim that we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. So that's a bit like a gardener pretending that the weeds aren't going to come back. That pretending that the grass will never grow. If we claim we have no sin, we're just fooling ourselves. Uh, and so we need to be people that are humble enough to admit that although God has, has changed, it, changed us and has, uh, we're no longer the same we were before, that we will still struggle with some of the same issues that we had before. Uh, so we need to regularly keep coming back to God um, because it is easy to get complacent. It is easy to um, sort of just go onto autopilot without really uh, examining our hearts um, to see if there are any things that God needs to still deal with. 
Um, and so I just thought I'd share a few observations that I've noticed uh, while I've been doing work in my own garden, uh, just to draw out some lessons uh, for life. Um, so where, where do the weeds come from? Uh, so I think they come from either, so, so there's three areas. I think either one, they were kind of already there in the garden before we even started. Uh, two, they're either planted by someone else. Or three, uh, they're just a byproduct of life. Uh, and so when we're sort of talking about weeds, if you sort of think, uh, sort of you can sometimes it's, it's already within us. Uh, so sometimes we are naturally disposed uh, to, to sin in certain areas. I know for me sometimes I can get angry. Um, and that's something that God really changed in me when I became a Christian, is that I stopped getting angry. But I know that kind of if, if I'm... Uh, so sort of haven't spent much time with God then I notice I start getting more and more frustrated and the anger sort of some, starts to come out sometimes um, for other people um, it might be greed or, or um, just things that we know we're sort of naturally disposed to that tend to just if, we, if we're not keeping on top of it they, they tend to display themselves like a weed uh, so secondly they might be planted by someone else um, so that might be uh, for for us, for us. It might be the the work of the devil, uh, the enemy coming in to plant seeds that are destructive in our lives, uh, or it might just be uh, what other people have done to us. It might be, be that other people have hurt us, that they've um, been negative. If if they're uh, been, been trying to to bring us down. Uh, they plant weeds and they plant, it, it bears forth sin. Um, and the thirdly is um, the weeds sometimes are just a byproduct of life. Um, as, as Mark was sharing, sometimes there are just situations in life um, where sin just almost just tries to get, cling on to us. Um, so I know I'm very fortunate to live opposite a park and uh, that's great, and it is, I get a nice view when I'm washing up. Um, but one of the byproducts of that is that I get lots of birds, and the birds fly over and they drop their seeds. And uh, you get animals that come in, and uh, they 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 drop things that aren't supposed to be there. Uh, so that's where the weeds come from. And again, that's like in our lives, where just we go about our daily daily lives, and just sometimes sin just uh, gets in that way. Uh, so when, when the garden, the second thing, uh, when the garden is a wild mess, uh, it attracts other wild things. Um, so I've noticed that when, when in my garden, when I haven't had time to look after it, when the grass is a bit longer, uh, that when I do go out there, I notice that there are lots of bugs. Um, I get, we get foxes where I am, and I notice the foxes will come and uh, have a little nap in the garden. Uh, and they will leave their waste uh, and other sort of not so nice things. Um, and it's like that with sin in our lives, that when, when we let sin uh, grow, when, when we give it space, actually 
it tends to mean that we get more and more off track and then we get more and more bad things that start cropping up. Um, and it sort of attracts other wild things. Uh, third thing, uh, some weeds are easy to pull out, but others go deep and real effort is required to get them out. Um, so I'm sure most of us that have been gardening will have, uh, know that it's sometimes quite hard work to kind of, when you've got deep-rooted weeds, you have to really make an effort to get them out. Um, and it's like that with sin, in that some things are quite easy to pull out, uh, and some things God changes almost overnight when we become Christians, that uh, he might, yeah, the, things might change instantly, but actually there are other things that take a bit more time, they take a bit more, it's kind of um, a bit harder to get rid of them. Uh, fourth thing, uh, it's easier to pluck out weeds while they're still young. Older, more established weeds are often much more tricky. And so again, it's, it's that thing of when something, if, if, if a sin is small, if it's kind of a relatively new thing, actually it's a bit easier to get rid of if we notice it early enough. But actually the things that are kind of older, that go deeper, that are more established in our, in our lives, in our hearts, um, actually they're sometimes the ones that we find most difficult to, to get rid of. Um, and I suppose fifth, fifth point there, uh, sometimes we only half win the battle. Uh, we make good inroads into the weeds, but the roots are so deep that all we do is chop off the top. Uh, again, I know when I've been doing work in my own garden, there are some weeds that you kind of you think you've got to the bottom of it. But just as you think you've got to the bottom of it, they, you realise that it's even deeper. And actually, you sort of almost sort of have to think, well, well, I think for today I'll just chop the top off and we'll come back to it another time when I've got a bit more, bit more en energy. Um, because those types of weeds will require almost someone to go with a spade and to really dig out the whole earth around it. Um, and... Again, there are, there are things in our life that sometimes are, are really deep-rooted um, and they really require the work of someone who really knows what they're doing, uh, someone who is, is able to, to deal with those things, to really get to the, the bottom of the issue, to, to really do that kind of deep excavation work uh, in our lives. Um, and so how can we win the battle because I say it's not to say sin is a serious thing but through Christ we do have victory through Christ we do have we can win the battle against sin we can win that battle against our sinful nature that always wants to drag us back to the way we were before uh, so how do we win uh, so confession and spending regular time with the gardener and I think that's 
and that's the, the sort of number one way to, to maintain your garden, uh, is to invite the gardener, the master gardener, who really knows what he's doing, to come into your life and let him work. And so sometimes he deals with the weeds himself. So he might be the one that comes and, and plucks out all the weeds. He might be the one that comes and, and deals with things. Uh, and there are other times when he empowers us to do the weeding ourselves. Uh, but he won't just kind of just let us... Uh, he will always tell us how we should be doing it. That's why it's really important that we listen to his advice and actually put it into practice. Um, I think most of you know, well, probably some of you know, that a few weeks ago uh, I came off my bike. Um, and so you can sort of still see on my elbow, it's uh, a bit sore. Um, and uh, yeah, it was quite a, a sort of heavy fall. I mean, fortunately, kind of I didn't do anything too serious. Um, but I have just had a bit of a sore elbow the last few weeks. Um, so, I mean, first of all, I didn't really think it was that bad. Um, I thought, oh, well, you know, I'll just, I'll just kind of leave it and just see what happens. Uh, and I suppose eventually I got to the point where I realised I needed help. I needed to speak to someone who actually knew what they were doing. Uh, I tried Googling it, but I didn't really, <laughs> didn't really do the job. Um, so eventually, I thought, right, I'll book in uh, to go and see a physio. A physio. Um, so went to the appointment this week. You know, we had a good chat, and uh, he kind of had a look at it and sort of did a few sort of exercises on it and uh, said, well, well, you know, it's not, it's not too bad. Um, but one of the things he did say is that I should go away and do a few exercises. So he gave me a little band that I can uh, sort of go up and down on. And uh, sort of the whole point being is that I can re-strengthen the elbow to sort of get, get the muscles working again properly. Um, but I must admit that so far, I haven't done any of the exercises. Uh, they're not particularly difficult. I mean, they would take probably five minutes. Um, but I just haven't got round to it. I just haven't really felt like doing them. Uh, and I think sometimes it's like that with God, in that we kind of we struggle on for a little while in ourselves. We kind of um, we kind of think, well, you know, I'll just sort of struggle on with this then for a little while. I'll try and kind of deal with it myself and just sort of see what happens. Um, and then normally we realise at some point that we can't and we've got to ask for help so we go to God we have a good chat with him we kind of get back and uh, sort of uh, have a good restore that relationship with, with God um, but then he, he might kind of give us a, a, a bit of advice he might say well maybe next time don't, don't do that do it this way um, but I think most of us probably have had experiences where God's told us things and we thought, oh yeah, I know that's the right thing to do, um, but actually I just, I just can't really be bothered or I just don't really feel like doing it right now. Just may, maybe I'll do it when I'm, I'm sort of feeling a bit better or 
I'll do it when I've got a bit more time. Um, but the truth is, in the same way that my elbow won't get any better if I don't do the exercises, that our hearts and our lives won't get any better unless we do the things that God asks us to do. Otherwise, we'll just end up just going in the same circle uh, and nothing will really get better. Nothing will really change. Uh, and so another aspect is that having the right equipment makes the job easier. Uh, I know that in my garden, when I first moved in, uh, I had nothing. I didn't have a lawnmower. Uh, I didn't have uh, any uh, cutters or or anything. Um, but fortunately, um, over time, one or two people gave me things. Um, that Tracy over there gave me a strimmer, uh, which has been most helpful. Uh, Grace gave me a lawnmower. Um, but uh, and that was great. Um, but one of the things about that lawnmower is that one of the wheels was slightly bent. Uh, and my garden, I don't know if you saw it in the first picture, but it's quite sloped. Uh, and so it was actually quite hard work um, sort of mowing the lawn and, and dealing with the garden because although the kind of lawnmower was good enough to do the job, it, it, it wasn't really exactly ideal for that, that role. Um, and so last year I went out and I got myself a new lawnmower, one of those kind of lighter ones that kind of just glides around and it's, it's a lot easier. Um, and I think that is like that with, with sin in our life, that um, when we've got the right equipment, um, when we've got the right tools, it's much easier to deal with sin. Uh, and the thing is, God has given us everything we need to overcome sin. Uh, he's given us uh, well, first of all, he's, uh, he washes us clean from it, but then also he gives us uh, his armour to protect us from sin. So he gives us the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. Uh, and he's given us every tool we need to overcome sin. Um, some other ways that help us win the battle against sin uh, is that we can ask others for help. Um, I know that a few weeks ago, um, as I went on, when I just had my bike accident, I really wasn't feeling up for doing very much in the garden. So I asked Chris um, and Alex, who's another friend, to, to come over. And uh, funnily enough, uh, when there were three of us doing it, we got it done a lot quicker. Um, it was a lot less hard work and the burden was shared around. And I think it's the same when we deal with sin, in that when we ask others for help and when we have accountability with others, uh, it's much easier to deal with and the burden is much less. Um, because again, I think I'm sure we all recognise that sometimes sometimes we don't feel like sharing. We, don't, we kind of want to hide our sin away. We don't want other people to see it um, because we think that they'll feel less, they'll think less of us. Um, but really the truth is that with close godly people, with close godly friends, that we can share when we've slipped up, when we've sinned, when we've fallen short. Um, 
And actually having, that, having those people to share that burden with, having those people to be accountable to, is actually a really good way of keeping on top of it, to keeping that garden uh, free of weeds. And I suppose it often, one other thing is that it often takes a few attempts to get rid of weeds completely. Uh, so I know that, I so say I've been in my house about two years now, and every time I go into the garden, there are still weeds. Uh, and I remember the first time I did it, I went through and picked out loads of them, and I thought, great, next time I come, there'll be hardly any. But funnily enough, there are still lots. Um, but I know, I've noticed that each time I go, there seem to be fewer and fewer and fewer weeds. And again, it's like that with sin, in that sometimes it just takes time. And uh, I say God does a great work in our life uh, when we first come to him. And our eternal salvation is secure when we believe. But it does take time for some of those life issues to be worked through. But the key thing is that we make progress and just keep going, keep believing, keep repenting, coming back to God and just keep that weeding process and gradually our hearts will become purer. And, and actually one of the things that I've noticed is that it does get easier. Um, I think the more you get into a habit, uh, the more you get into a routine of repenting and weeding out those, those sins actually becomes easier. Um, and I think you, you tend to recognise where your weak points are. Uh, and you tend, to know, you tend to know kind of what sorts of situations kind of cause you to slip up and cause you, cause the weeds to come back. Um, so I, yeah, so I've noticed in my garden that I know, I I know exactly where to position things now. I know exactly where to put the power cable. I know exactly how far it will go. I know exactly um, sort of what, what method to use to go up and down or across or, or whatever. But actually, maintaining the garden has become easier because I'm more used to it. Uh, and it's the same when we repent, when we deal with sin in our own lives that, and we let God deal with sin in our own lives, that actually it it becomes easier. Uh, so I thought I'd show you a picture of my garden uh, as it looks now. Um, so you can see there, it's a bit more under control. Um, again, sorry, the quality is not, not fantastic. Um, I mean, it's, I'll be honest, I'm not particularly green-fingered. It's not a finished work. Um, I went to the uh, Chelsea Flower Show recently, uh, I have to admit that my garden would not win any prizes. Um, but it, it's not perfect, but it is gradually getting better. Um, and again, it, it's like that in our own lives, that really, when we let God work in our lives, uh, it's a process. and. Uh, we, we call it sanctification, that's the kind of big name for it. Uh, but it's that process of becoming holy. Um, and really, all that means uh, is that we become 
pure. We become weed-free, as it were. Uh, and it's that ongoing process of God changing us to become more and more like him. And that he was the perfect man. He, was, he lived the perfect life. Uh, and as we let him into our lives, that he weeds out some of those sins within us and we become more and more like him. We become more and more holy. We become more and more uh, pure and weed-free. Uh, so where does the victory come from? Because the thing is, uh, I know probably some of these sort of analogies about the garden might seem a bit trivial, um, but this is more than just a kind of self-help scheme. It's more than just about uh, us just trying a bit harder to be better people, to be better on the outside. Uh, the key thing really is that God has given us his spirit and that's where the victory comes over sin. Uh, in Galatians 5 it says, Walk by the Spirit and you will not indulge the desires of your sinful nature. You know, we have a new nature in Christ. Uh, it says in 2 Corinthians that the old has gone and the new has come. Uh, and really, it's that, that Christ's presence within us that gives us the victory. It's Christ's presence that really transforms us from the inside out. Uh, it's like when we let God in, when, when we receive him and we, we have that new nature, it's like our turf, it's like the, the soil within us that's underneath all of the other things is a changed soil. Uh, it says in Galatians 2, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. Because he gives us that power. Uh, we can't deal with sin. We can't deal with weeds uh, by our own strength. It is absolutely the work of God in our lives. Uh, and it, it, it's a bit like, as I was saying, it's a bit like almost having a a heart transplant in that God takes out the old he takes out the old sinful nature and he puts a new nature within us and that's where that's how we become more and more like Christ it's by having his nature living in us and praise God that we do have it so just as draw to a close. I just thought, um, I saw this um, verse in James 1, uh, and I've, I've sort of paraphrased it slightly from the message. Um, and it says this, uh, so throw away all your spoiled compost and the weed-like sin that is over on your life. In simple humility, let our gardener God landscape you with his word, making your life a garden of salvation. So we need to, to, to deal with the sin. We need to repent and let the master gardener come and deal with the weeds that we have. Uh, and we need to ask the Holy Spirit to come and give us the power to live right.
so I thought just as we draw to a close that we just spend a bit of time just to examine our hearts um, just to consider if there are things in our life weeds that have grown up that we need to let God deal with so he is the master gardener he uh, knows exactly what he's doing he knows exactly uh, how to uh, what needs to be done in our hearts what needs to be done in the garden of our hearts because he is the master gardener uh, and he doesn't just leave us alone he gives us his spirit to, to have that power to live right um, I mean it might be a bit painful I know that probably if if uh, sort of plucking out those weeds is a bit is a bit painful sometimes and the way that God works in our hearts sometimes um, is, is difficult and uh, there might be a bit of sort of short-term pain but we know that God loves us God's heart is for us God wants to make us pure he wants to make us that um, sort of fantastic garden um, that good things can happen in uh, and so he wants to clean us up um, and the long-term reward uh, is so worth it we have both uh, an eternal kingdom we have an eternal prize that we look forward to but also by letting God work in our lives day to day we can know his blessing we can know his fruit um, we can know his love, joy, peace patience, kindness, goodness, self-control these are all fruits of the Spirit's work in our lives and it comes from having that kind of pure and uh, clean garden that he can work in so let's just take a bit of time I think Hannah's going to um, just sing something just to just to give those things to God and just ask just ask him in because so it is his power it is his work that comes um, and uh, works within us <laughs>